Hi there. Welcome to the End Times Guy podcast. It is such a privilege to have you joining me. And today I want to share with you guys where I'm at with prepping. I have done some podcasts in the past concerning prepping, and I want to keep you updated on what's going on in my life. And frankly, it's very hard to prep because we have no idea what exactly is going to be happening in the future or how events will unfold. We are assured there will be suffering. There will be famine. Um, there will be government control, absolute government control of, over every facet of life. For those of us who reject the mark of the beast, that means we won't be able to buy or sell or have a job or pay our bills or access the internet or any of those things. And I wouldn't call myself a prepper. I think of the prepping that I'm doing is just common sense. I mean, I have in the past watched prepper videos and it's the same as watching flat earth videos or Illuminati videos. If you focus on a particular form of information, you can get pretty passionate about it, but it's a short lived thing. Eventually you grow tired of like Nephilim, the giants on the earth, I was very passionate about researching all I could learn about them and their effect on the world. And for a couple of years, that anything regarding the Nephilim, I was really intrigued. I really wanted to know. And that phase is over. I mean, I know pretty much all I need to know about them. And I've moved on. And it goes the same with prepping. It can be a phase. It can be something that people get really excited about for a period of time. But there is an underlying force in my life compelling me to keep going with this. And it's not an emotional reaction because I've watched prepping videos or, or anything of that nature. Um, it's simply the logical thing to do in our world. It really is logical to be preparing. And I would hope that you already have a stockpile of food laid aside. And I'm going to be focusing on my two different areas of prepping because there is the practical physical prepping, but there's also spiritual prepping that needs to be going on at the same time. Um, if I began prepping years ago, with the idea of holding up and defending my family and having lots of food for us while the world around us suffered. And the Holy Spirit convicted me on that, that that is not what the children of God do. We don't exist to keep ourselves, our flesh safe and secure and well-fed. We exist for the glory of God. We exist to bring glory to his name and to show his love to a dying world. So my prepping now is focused on what light I will be able to shine in the end times. And I sincerely believe we will have an opportunity like never before. As the events begin to unfold, the mark of the beast becomes a reality. Mandatory vaccinations with a little RFID dot or whatever it looks like. Um, when the, there is an economic collapse, which will probably be the precursor to the mark of the beast rolling out. Um, I think that we will have ourselves a tremendous opportunity to show the love of God, to give from our abundance to ease their suffering. I listened to 
a Christian author's version of the end times, and it was incredibly self-centered. And they were willing to shoot people, no questions asked, to defend their own flesh, their own miserable carcass. And they, they were killing people left, right, and center. And I'm listening to another apocalyptic book written by a non-Christian author, and I'm finding more compassion in that book by far than I found in the Christian novel. What does that tell you? Now, I know that people in the world aren't undergoing the same temptation and influence as the dark spirits that are fluttering around inside the church. I know the world doesn't have that. But I want you to realize that I'm finding more compassion, more humanitarian will in a non-Christian book. And that should never be the case. It's, it's absolutely abominable. Uh, in this non-Christian book, the team helped uh, a woman who was being raped and assaulted and later on helped a very hungry family that had no food and two young children only to have that family try and backstab them later. Um, but I see more compassion in a non-Christian book. And it really, really, it needs to ring like a bell through the church and ask, what is going on? How can this even be? But my first element of prepping has been in practical needs, food, um, and I realized that you can't stockpile enough food to last you the apocalypse. There was a prepper in Brazil, which really went up in flames because of their um, fascist, Marxist, communist, whatever is uh, going on in Venezuela. The food ran out and the people are suffering. And this prepper had two points to make. First of all, he wishes he'd stored more food. He only had a year and a half stored up and he wished he'd stored more food, which is very bizarre because most of us would think if you have a year and a half of food on hand, man, you're good. You're, you're solidly prepared, but it wasn't enough food. And the other point was he wished he hadn't waited so long to take things seriously. Um, and, and this is very human. This is human nature to kind of hope for the best and anticipate things working out, you know, in the end. Um, it was Neumuller, the um, leader of the German church, who said very wisely, I didn't speak out when they came for the uh, socialists because I wasn't a socialist. And I didn't speak up when they came for the Jews because I wasn't a Jew. And I didn't speak up for the Protestants because I wasn't a Protestant. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak up. And that's exactly, even the Jews, when they were being rounded up, were in denial. Uh, it's very human of us to deny what we're seeing with our own eyes. We want very badly to believe that normal life will continue no matter how bad things are looking around us. And I tell you what, if Biden is elected in November, we could see a literal 180 degree turn in American culture and a very fascist Marxist dictatorship opened up rapidly. Detention camp set up, conservative thinkers imprisoned. You have to realize that this is a distinct possibility in our time. So there, there are a number of good reasons we should be prepping Christians in history 
have many times had to live outside of society through persecution, ostracization. That's a ostra to be ostracized. I don't know how to say that correctly, but uh, to be um, isolated from society has happened many times in the past, and Christians have had to get by outside of society. So it's nothing new. Um, I have stored up a number of bins and five-gallon buckets with dried goods. I have a shrink wrap bagging system where you cut off of a roll the size of bag you want and seal up one end, fill it with whatever you want to fill it, and then put the other end in the machine and it sucks all the air out of it and then seals the other end. And when I'm done, if it's rice or beans or whatever, it's as hard as a rock with flour, sugar, pancake mix, things like that. It doesn't quite get as firm, but it still draws the vast majority of the air out. And that's going to help those things last much longer. Um, I watched a true, I, I'll call it a documentary on the life of Christopher McCandless. Uh, back in the 70s, he just saw life, uh, the, the uh, typical suburban family way of living as false and rejected money, capitalism, uh, the commerce system and everything and wanted to go out and just live life and experience the world. And I really, really admire him for having the courage to throw off our societal handcuffs and say, you know, this is my life. I'm going to go out there into the world and live it and see what life is all about for myself. I'll make up my own mind. It takes incredible courage to do that. But part of his adventure was to go up to Alaska and live in the wild. And in fact, the show is called Into the Wild. He went up to Alaska and lived uh, in a bus. And his biggest struggle was when he wanted to leave, spring was advanced enough that the river had come way up and he couldn't cross back over the river the way he had come in. And he felt trapped. So he started to try and get by with subsistence living. He had a book that showed him what plants were edible. And he did shoot a calf moose for food, but that spoiled very quickly. Um, and he ended up eating the wrong kind of pea. Uh, there's ones with vertical stripes on the pods and ones with horizontal stripes. One was good for food. The other would actually prevent your digestive system from digesting nutrients. And that's the one he ate. And it ended up um, being the death of him. He literally starved to death. But when things were very desperate, he had a 10-pound bag of rice. And in the show, you get to see very clearly how that little bag of rice was the boundary between life and death for him. And as the measure on the bag went down with every passing day, he was that much closer to starvation. You got to really see firsthand what it's like to be running out of food. That's something you and I just can't relate to. As a young man living alone, I went through difficult times and food was scarce. And as a young parent with two young children, it was the same thing. But since then, 
you know, although money's been tight, there's always been enough to eat. And in this show, we get a very good glimpse at what it looks like to be running out of food. And it makes you realize the value and the necessity of food. So it, it is so wise to have some of this set aside, especially rice, beans, flour, um, things of that nature. So I've set aside medical supplies, painkillers, um, water purification filters and tablets and bleach, soap, um, things of that nature for, you know, you need toothbrushes and toothpaste. And just imagine a time where you can't go to the store and buy these things that you need. But I understand that these provisions will only go so far. So that's been a small <clears throat> part of my physical prepping. I also have means of hunting. I have a couple of 22 rifles, a 6.5 by 55 Swedish Mauser, which is open sight, but a very accurate old gun. I just love it. Unfortunately, the ammunition for it is so expensive now that I never fire it. And I have an SKS, a small uh, Chinese-made combat rifle. Here in Canada, we're allowed five rounds in our clip. It's kind of a joke. And I don't like the SKS for the fact that I have uh, a, a good stockpile of ammunition but it's very, very corrosive. So when you take the gun out to play, and it is a glorified noisemaker, it, it isn't very accurate um, in close combat. Yeah, it's made it it's good at doing what it's made for, uh, close quarters combat. But as a hunting rifle, no, I do I really don't like the gun for that for that fact that it requires being stripped down and cleaned every time you use it. Um, and that's why I tend to favor the 22s. I have a bolt action 22 that is a heavier, well-made gun. I can't remember. It's a British-made gun. I can't remember the, the name of it. Uh, with a good scope, it's an excellent long-range gun, and I can definitely hunt smaller game with it. And... You know, 22 rounds are really, really cheap. The guns are low maintenance. So I really favor the 22s, even in the sense of self-defense. Um, I don't want to kill anyone. You know, I don't want to be responsible for taking another person's life. And a 22 round is not likely. I mean, people have been shot in the head with a 22 and not even known it. Maybe they were knocked out and then woke up and have a, a 22 round you know, buried in the bone of their skull. It's it's really a glorified air rifle, but um, I don't want to kill anyone. That's my personal choice. And if I use a 22 rifle as self-defense, the likelihood of me killing anyone is much lower. Um, one of my 22s is a GSG. It's a little combat rifle lookalike of an MP5. It's a fun little gun. It's light. It's easy to carry. You can equip it with all the goodies, the, the laser sighting, the flashlight, and, and whatnot. Um, in a self-defense situation, I, I would use that gun because it has a 22-round magazine. It's very light, very portable. You can carry it without even really worrying about it. 
Um, I'm not sure yet how reliable it is. I have a bunch of uh, Winchester rounds and CCIs. And the CCIs are the ones I would load into it for serious self-defense, serious guarding. And the Winchesters are more for plinking and having fun with kind of the, the low-end ammunition that was cheap. And I have lots of it. And that's another thing I like about the 22 is you can very easily carry a thousand rounds of ammunition. Try that with the SKS. Very different story. So that's my, uh, and I also have an uh, 450 foot per second BB gun. And a BB gun doesn't seem like much a threat, but it looks like a gun. And if a person gets smacked in the neck or the chest or the leg with that thing, it's going to hurt like the dickens, and they're not going to want to keep coming towards you. So as self-defense, it, personally, I think everyone should have one. I also have a slingshot you know, lined up and set aside in the event that there just simply isn't any more ammunition or whatever. So that, that's my means of self-defense plus a couple of knives. One is a six-inch, no, five-inch blade. It's easy to carry. Goes with me everywhere on my vest. And the other is a longer eight-inch knife, more of a emergency self-defense knife if I'm attacked. I'm a bearophobe. I'm terrified of bears. And uh, if I have a good, hefty blade like that, I have a much better chance of fending off an attack. I do still want to add bear spray to my kit. And I have a little two-in-one flashlight AM FM radio with the charger built into it. So you spin the handle to charge the battery. It takes a surprising amount of physical effort to charge the battery. I also have a little solar charger, a little full four-panel fold-out. I think it's a 20-watt charger that I can leave out in the sun and plug the the radio flashlight into it and let the sun do all the heavy lifting for me if that works out. Um, I have a backpack that I carry, my sleeping bag, my um, dried food and things of that nature for a quick um, run somewhere. I also have a tactical vest that carries extra magazines, water, um, a small first aid kit, knife, fire starter, Leatherman, things of that nature. So if I have the vest and the backpack, I'm very, oh, and it's got a holster for the, the BB gun built into it. And I like wearing that. It's light. It's comfortable. I could wear it all day and not notice it, but it has a great deal. It carries four 22 round clips for that 22. So I can be very well defended and not uh, burdened with a lot of weight. And then if I throw the backpack on, I have not yet incorporated a form of shelter into that backpack that's on the list. And you know what? I honestly don't know that I'll ever need either of those things. But I would rather have them. And like I said, I just feel like I'm being pushed in the direction of being prepared. And I'm not going to come out and say the Holy Spirit told me, but I am going to say, I just feel an underlying draw towards doing these things and being ready. 
Um, I did look into antibiotics, and I am aware that fish antibiotics are a kind that you can store up. They're very nice to have. I do have a small amount of antibiotics, but you have to be careful how you store them. Some require refrigeration. Um, and not every, you know, there's a bunch of different kinds of antibiotics and you have to really understand which ones you to use in what circumstances. So that, that is definitely something to educate yourself on. Um, I have heirloom seeds. I plan to be able to plant my own garden and it's important to get heirloom seeds because a lot of seeds that you get from the grocery stores, from Walmart, things like that, will not produce seeds at the end of the harvest so that you can replant next year. Uh, they don't do that. They're engineered not to give you seeds. So you have to make sure that you have a supply of heirloom seeds on hand to be able to plant your garden. Um, it's important to watch some YouTube videos on gardening. I watched in the Chaz or Chop Zone in Seattle, their attempts at gardening were frightening and startling that any human being alive could lack sufficient understanding to plant a garden. They were given topsoil and potted vegetable plants. And for some bizarre reason, they laid cardboard out on the grass and then poured the soil onto the cardboard and set the plants, pot and all, into the soil. So <laughs> um, they're like little children pretending to be autonomous, but there was, you know, no way in the world that was ever going to work. And I hope, I, I honestly believe that most of you already, you're laughing as along with me. Um, it, it would just be an um, urban kid who would lack that knowledge of gardening. Uh, kind of an urban elitist who grew up in Starbucks and walking the malls filled with angst. Uh, that kind of kid is what occupied the Chaz or Chop zone. And it's clear they just had no understanding of gardening whatsoever. Um, beyond that, I've been working on, and this is really one of the important ones for me, which I don't 100% know why I feel so compelled to do this, but I'm doing it. I picked up a small cargo trailer, 14 foot by six foot, and I have been working on it, insulating the inside. I put a little kitchen nook in the front with a propane stove and a sink, a uh, little 12 volt cooler. I think the best one you'll ever find is the Coleman 40 liter or 40 quart uh, something chill, power chill. Coleman, Coleman power chill. Uh, uses very little power, but does a, a really good job. And I have that in the kitchen. I have some 12 volt LED lighting in there, a propane heater, uh, small, what do you call that? Portable toilet with a tank on the bottom you can take out and dump. I looked into the compost kind of toilets. And I may do that in the future outdoors, but I didn't want to put a compost toilet into a 70 square foot space. Um, yeah, oh, the walls, the roof and the floor are insulated. 
and I'm putting seating in the back and a loft bed that slides on rails up to the roof for storage and slides down to turn into sleeping at night and can fit up to three people. Um, it's a single axle, so it's nice and light, very easy to tow. The, the full weight of it with everything loaded is under 2,000 pounds. I only put one window in it on the door so I could see who was there. Other than that, I, I'm not a big window person. Um, those windows would be closed in the daytime. If I'm feeling, you know, unthreatened, everything's great in the world, then I can open up the back ramp door and I have a bug net to put over it so it opens up the space and I can sit out on a deck chair and enjoy the weather, get a view of the lake, whatever. But it's also very secure in terms of, you know, hunkering down if, if that's what the situation calls for. I have 260-watt solar panels to go on the roof and a 400-watt wind turbine and I've heard many bad things about these wind turbines and, and many good things. So I'm going to experiment with it myself and let you know what sort of results I'm getting. I haven't hooked up the lights, the, the electrical in the trailer yet. Um, I'm moving into that this month. I hope to have the whole thing done by this fall. But... Uh, that has been on my heart. That's been something I want. And it doesn't have any 120 or 110, which is your household voltage in it, because it's just not ever going to be parked at a campground. When I go out camping, I like to park in the middle of nowhere all alone. I guess that's my autism shining through. Getting away from it all means to me getting away from people, and I really love to be alone. I feel very relaxed and at peace when I'm surrounded by my best friends, me, myself, and I. And uh, beyond that, I have an inflatable kayak. Uh, I picked up the Intex Excursion. It's a red and gray kayak, which takes 10 minutes to set up, about the same as it would take to set up uh, a hard shell kayak but it's incredibly stable it paddles really really nicely it's fairly comfortable but i don't like the seats you tend to fall over backwards they're they're not high enough and they don't provide enough support but it's such a good kayak that i'll figure something out for the seating and it's very easy to stow away and i've got a little tote that i keep my fishing gear in an extendable fishing rod um, TP, bug spray, uh, sunscreen, all of the stuff you need for a day trip goes into that tote and it stays in there. So I'm always ready. I just grab my bag with the kayak in it, grab that tote and I'm out the door and on my way. Um, and that has been fun for my daughters and I, we only have the weekends together. I'm the home for Saturday and sometimes for part of Sunday. And I like to go out with them. Dirt biking, kayaking, biking, whatever. Get out of the house, go and have some fun. And it makes life simple when we can throw the kayaks in the truck, grab the tote, and just go. One of my pet peeves of camping with a big RV, I had converted a bus. And when I took that thing out camping, I didn't enjoy the weekend. I spent the whole time loading that thing up, then getting to the lake and unloading a bunch of crap and setting stuff up. 
and then sitting there recovering enough after a day and a half to go and do it all over again, load everything up, get home, unpack everything. It was just a work weekend. It, it was no rest, no relaxation at all. And now these day trips my daughters and I are taking are a lot of fun and require very little effort. And when this trailer is done, it's the same idea. No hookups, no loading or unloading. What's in the trailer stays in the trailer. We may have to bring a bag of food and our tote and away we go. Very quick and simple. And then if something happens, if the worst happens, let's say this fall, COVID-19, according to our news sources, becomes a global killer. It's really, and we need a uh, vaccine and the government has one, but unfortunately we have to receive the mandatory vaccination with the RFID proof that we've been vaccinated. We need to prove that we're vaccinated so that we're safe to be out in society. And I can say no thanks. I can load everything into that trailer and I'm going off into the woods. And I have several books that show me what plants are edible. And it's very, very surprising in the West uh, just how many plants are edible and what they provide is astonishing. I've often wondered how a big muscular animal like a moose or an ox can be so powerful looking and so muscular from eating grass. But if you look at the protein, the carbohydrates, the vitamins in a lot of simple weeds and grasses around us, it's just staggering. Um, so I, I'm going to be supplementing my stored food with um, some of the, the natural vegetation. And I'm also figuring out the best system of canning stuff because I'll tell you what, we need to learn, like the old folks, how to store up our crops so they last through the winter. And that is possible. You have to have some straw in a cold place and you bury them under soil and put down some more and bury them under soil and keep them stored under the straw in the dark and they won't germinate and they'll be good for a long period of time. We need to know these secrets. And uh, now I move on to the spiritual side of prepping. God doesn't want me to just protect my flesh and keep myself alive out there in the bush and shoot anyone that comes near me. I plan to be there when the mark of the beast is being offered. I'm going to be there warning people that it's an eternal decision that there's no going back from. Once you receive the mark of the beast, you have written off your eternal soul forever. And I'm going to be using my freedom. If I don't have a job to go to, I have time every day to go and preach the gospel. And if there's anyone who is in desperate need, I can bring them back to my camp and do my best to help them learn to survive off the land. And, you know, do I'm basically in God's hands to do whatever he sends me to do. I'm not going to be surviving for my own safety and security. I'm going to be surviving so that I'm available to God for service. And I have no doubt whatsoever there are people out there that God is going to want to send us to 
to bring them back, to bring them out, to bring them to safety, to provide their needs, to share the gospel with them, to warn those whose eternal souls are going to be every single time one of them receives that mark, it's another soul lost to hell. It's a horrific thought to think of. And I want all of us to be prepared to put up the best possible fight that we possibly can to warn every single person we possibly can and to rescue every single soul that we possibly can. So to some of you, I may sound a little extreme, a little bizarre. To some of you, I may sound like a lightweight. That's all you've done, really? (laughs) You know, but that's where I'm at. And I encourage you, if you haven't started, the hour draweth nigh, an hour time to do this. And, you know, if the Lord returns before any of this is necessary, that's all right. Other people will benefit. When they break in and find my stuff, they will benefit from it. It's all good. And, you know, I want to finish by saying some people, would call prepping immoral, taking what could have been shared around. We're living right now in a capitalist system where people with lots of money get to buy whatever they want. And they've been buying things like big yachts and fancy cars and big homes and nice stereos and expensive clothing. Um, I don't point fingers at any of them and begrudge any of them for the life they choose to live and the things they choose to do with their money. It's their business. And I'm not making anyone starve by buying an extra bag of rice every payday. So I don't find anything immoral about prepping. And I find it actually the opposite. It's immoral to just assume that someone else will always be there to look after you, your family, your loved ones, and the people around you. And then, you know, are you going to point fingers at God and say, why didn't you warn me when there are many, many people out there warning you right now to be prepared? So (laughs) uh, on that note, God bless you. Be strong. Be close to the Lord. We live in dark and wicked times. The truth is scarce. And uh, you know what? We need to hold tight to our Lord and Savior. God bless you.